This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are live on the road, Raider Nation. This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Damon Cotton back in the home studio. Your boy, Q, hanging out at the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Golden Circle Sportsbook, where you can find me each and every Monday night for Monday Night Football. And tonight looks like it could be looking like it could be a good game. Kind of excited about tonight's game. The Rams and the 49ers. It's a home game for the 49ers playing in Santa Clara. I just want to go ahead and throw that out there. I tried to find any way I could just to say that they're playing in Santa Clara. I just I can't help myself. I just that's what I do. But should be a fun game tonight, Monday Night Football. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. should be making his debut for the Rams. Von Miller should be making his debut for the Rams. And the 49ers are the 49ers. So I, I just think that it'll be a fun watch tonight. So uh, looking forward to it. And I'll be doing it right here at the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Again, the Golden Circle Sportsbook is where you can find me. Uh, just kidding. Uh, the Underground Lounge. <laughs> tell you how many different places I've been in the last couple of days. That's why Danny's by my side. Underground Lounge is where we're at. Good looking out, Damon. <laughs> I'm so glad that uh, Danny's here with me. But, yeah, we're here at the Underground Lounge, excuse me, at the Oyo Hotel and Casino for Monday Night Football. Man, I've been in too many spots. I've been way too many places. Allegiant Stadium last night, and, well, we're going to get to that. We all know about that. So there you go. Started the, uh, started the show off in the fog, and we're going to continue to start the show off with the fog and have a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a uh, – um, Therapy session. I think that's the word I'm looking for. Therapy session is what we're going to try to to have today and this afternoon as we're going to go not just two hours like we normally do. We're actually going to go three hours. And so another reason I'm thinking about uh, the TIs because normally when that happens is when I'm at the TIs. So I know there's a reason for the confusions. I just didn't know what they were at the time. So now I'm coming up with it. And, again, that's why Danny's here. Got my, my, my back. And he can look me off. It's like a pitcher. It's like a pitcher and a catcher when a, a, a catcher's trying to give him a signal. And the pitcher shakes him off. That's what Danny was doing. Danny kept shaking me off like, no, no, no. Not that one. Not that one. Yep, there you go. That's the one you're at today. So uh, that's why Danny is my guy. So we got a lot of good guests coming up on today's show. Got a lot to talk about on today's show. Obviously, following a 41-14 loss to the Kansas City Chiefs, that's what the the Raiders suffered on Sunday night football and primetime action. is not the way that they wanted to be on national TV. And so I know there's a lot of anger. We actually talked to uh, head coach Rich Basaccia a little while ago, and apparently that did not stream on the Raiders network, so that's okay. Uh, once we get that, we'll get it to you, and we'll be able to listen to it in its entirety on today's show. That's, so that's coming up. But coming up at 2.30, Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas, he's going to join us. He was at Allegiant Stadium last night, and uh, he'll give us his thoughts on what he saw and what he heard and you know, just how he's feeling overall with everything that was going on in that game on, on Sunday. And uh, obviously I left Allegiant Stadium, and – I had a lot of confusion. I had a lot of questions that I was asking myself as I left that game and drove home and proceeded to sit around the house for a little while and just kind of collect my thoughts. And I, I honestly, Raider Nation, don't think a lot of my questions have been answered yet. I just There's a lot of different things that are running through my mind that I'm trying to figure out and try to really uh, get a grasp of, of what really happened and what really went wrong besides everything Sunday night at Allegiant Stadium. And I hate to just th- throw it in there, well, everything went wrong. Well, 
how did we get to where we got from what we saw Sunday night? How did the team go in thinking that this was a team that had an opportunity to make some big, big moves in the AFC West? A game where it was highly publicized beforehand, as I did my uh, pregame, pregame show right before JT and Eric Allen took over. Talking about, hey, this is a, this is a first place game. You know, the Chargers took an L. The Broncos took an L. Now it's up to the Raiders and, and Chiefs to finish off the night. This is a big-time game, and it just just never really got started for the Silver and Black the way that you had expected it to get started for the Silver and Black. So, like I said, a lot of questions that I have, I still have, and, of course, going to hear from you throughout the course of the show, Raider Nation, 702-365-9200 in the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R, because I know you have a lot of questions, and hopefully you have more answers than I have, because I, I definitely am going to open it up and I uh, want to hear from you throughout the course of the show. So Ed Graney coming up at 2.30. He'll join us to talk about what he saw. Then at 3.30, Ted Nguyen from The Athletic does a really good job of breaking down film. He's going to join us to talk about what happened, what went wrong, what was the main culprit, what was the reason why the defense was as bad as it was. Because we've been talking about the defense, and I even said on the pregame show yesterday that, well, if the Raiders had the defense that they have this year, if they had it last year, they win that game on Sunday Night Football against the Chiefs. Well, the defense that they had last night gave up over 500 yards. And Patrick Mahomes threw five touchdowns. And looked like that they were not even a, a, a line of defense. Just looked like they were just there. You know, and, and, and look, you got to give the Chiefs a ton of credit for all of a sudden flipping that switch and looking like the Kansas City Chiefs that most people expected even going into the regular season. And I'm sure all Kansas City fans, as there's a Chief fan, I see the Chief headband on over there. I see you over there chilling, enjoying Monday, getting ready to enjoy Monday Night Football action probably feeling pretty good about herself but uh yeah the team that most folks expected to see is who we saw Sunday night now one of the questions that I have is is that because they snapped out of it and all of a sudden they're that team that again or were they aided heavily by the Raiders defense or lack of defense it's definitely one of the questions to throw out there and really I can I can give you a bunch of thoughts I can give you a bunch of maybe this is the reason maybe that's the reason but I don't think I can put my finger on it 100% of what exactly went wrong as the Raiders now are on a two-game losing streak and have the Cincinnati Bengals headed to town on Sunday. Uh, so Ted Nguyen will join us at 3.30 to talk about, you know, just like I said, a film breakdown and, and tell us what he feels went wrong defensively. And then at 4.30, Faven K from Fox 5 News in the morning. She uh, joins us uh, frequently throughout the course of the season. And, uh, you know, her, her co-host is a big Kansas City Chiefs fan. So they, uh, they did a big bet on TV, and I believe the bet was she had to sing the Chiefs like fight song or something on TV, and uh, so we'll have to, I have to ask her how that went. I was really hoping that when I brought her on today, it was going to be talking about what her co-host Dave Hall had to do for her in celebration of a Raiders victory, but unfortunately that was not to be, so uh, we'll check in with Faven at 4.30 just to uh, kind of see how that went and uh, what the, maybe what the follow-up bet's going to be because they do play in a few weeks. They'll be playing at Arrowhead Stadium this time, so uh, we'll, uh, we'll get her thoughts coming up around 4.30. So that's the guest lineup right there. Ed Graney, Ted Nguyen, and Faven K will join the show all today before uh, we get out of here and make way for uh, Monday Night Football. And we're going to lead you all the way up to Monday Night Football. Uh, again, going on from 2 to 5 p.m. Uh, we're going to have Vinny Bonsignor just hop on for an hour, but uh, by the time he gets started, the show will be over. So I'm just going to go one hour long, one hour strong. We all know I'm a little greedy when it comes to time anyway, so if I get a chance to get an extra hour, 
why not go ahead and do it? So that's what we're going to do. So we're going to go two to five here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And as I do each and every day, I try to bring a question, a topic to the show. And so I got a couple of them for you. And really, they kind of all go together. But I just want to know, and again, this is a therapy session, so feel free to let it rip. I mean, whatever you think is the, is the reasoning for what you've seen the last two weeks and really what you saw in a disastrous performance Sunday night, feel free to let us know about it, 702-365-9200. And then the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. What are your feelings on what you saw? What, that, what does it mean for the Raiders moving forward? You know, they're on a two-game losing streak with a Cincinnati team that it, when the schedule came out, I thought, that's a dub. <laughs> you know, and, and, and look, that's just, that's just being disrespectful. I get it. But that's what I thought. And I think that that's what most Raider fans thought when they saw the schedule. Oh, that's a win. You know, they're, they're, they have a, a, a nice quarterback. They got some nice little draft picks, but they're not going to really put things together. Well, lo and behold, they've pretty much put things together. Now, they've come down to earth a little bit, but they still are a serviceable team. They're still going to be a challenge for the Raiders on Sunday, especially not saying that right now they're on a two-game losing streak and lost to the Giants and the Chiefs. And the Giants, I really don't think, was a very good team. They just took that L, especially coming off a of bye week. So that's, that's really disappointing. So, you know, what, it, what are your feelings on what you saw? What does it mean for the Raiders moving forward? And where do you point the finger? What do you think is the biggest reason for the struggles the last two weeks from the silver and black? It's that simple. 702-365-9200. Today's the, that therapy session. And then uh, we'll start to turn the page and look forward and pay attention to the Cincinnati Bengals as they prepare to head to Allegiant Stadium. Sam and Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. Got a text here from Ty in Missouri. I said last week Jonathan Abram needed to have the best game of his career to win, and he literally had his worst. Sad day. And really good text, Ty. Thank you for that. And I'll say this. It was a very bad day for one Jonathan Abram. It really was. And I'm not here to pile on the guy and just say that everything was his fault. And he's played pretty decent so far this season. But that was, that was a bad game for him. That was a bad game. And somehow, some way, Kansas City does everything that they can in their power to scheme it up so they get Jonathan Abram in the worst position to get him out of position where he's uncomfortable. And then they take advantage of it. And that reared its ugly head again last night. Uh, when he was in coverage, where they get nine catches for over 200 yards and two touchdowns? You know, that's not something that – uh, you're going to go back to and say, I want to see that highlight film because there's a whole lot of lowlights in that one. So, yeah, uh, to Ty's point, really good uh, good tech, man. And, uh, yeah, Jonathan Abram just had a really, really bad day. Got a text from uh, Raider Jay in Sacramento. What up, Q? What up, Demond? Well, that was a can of whoop-ass, an embarrassment to the nation. Hope the Raiders felt that and bring it going forward. I believe this team, I believe in this team a lot. It's just we have been through a lot. Game wasn't Carr's fault. It's the O-line, and our D was exposed. Great, uh, great Phil, grateful, grateful for this radio station. Okay, I got you. It said great full. You know what I mean? Like great, another word, full. <laughs> so I was like, he's full? He's been eating already? He must have been at the oil hanging out already. Got some good food over here from Hooters, which you could do if you come by and get hooked up. See, that's called a segue. That's how you put it all together. You know, tie it all together. So uh, thank you, Raider J, from that. And, I'll say, man, there was a point in the game. I'm glad you brought up Derek Carr. There was a point in the game where he threw up a ball, and it was like basically a punt, and it fell harmlessly to the ground, but he threw it up in the air, and it, he was getting sacked. I mean, he was already basically falling to the ground. It, it looked to me very similar to what Matt Stafford did the week before, but Matt Stafford did it from the end zone and threw it right into the arms of somebody and went back for a, a touchdown. 
it looked very similar to that where you know that, hey, you're falling, you're about to hit the ground, and you just throw it, which doesn't make any sense, and it's very un-Derek Carr-like. And so I tweeted out, hey, you know, I think that the next time if the Raiders get the ball back, because I think there's about 11 minutes left in the game, if they get the ball back, put Marcus Mariota in. Straight up. You know, for multiple reasons. And we all know that Twitter is only so many characters, but for multiple reasons. One, it looks like Derek Carr is frustrated, and the offensive line is not doing him any favors. And so he's just hucking the ball up there, and it's almost looked like a frustration thing. Like when you're – like say you're on the – on the, on the basketball court, and you get frustrated by something, you just pick up the ball and you just huck it. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it felt like from my angle. So I put that out there, and Raider Nation was not happy. Raider Nation was very angry and thought that I was out of my mind, and that's okay. All right with that. But that's just kind of what I felt. Not to mention, the game was way out of hand, and since the offensive line wasn't protecting them, why put them in harm's way if they get it back out there? So there was multiple reasons behind the thinking of it, but Raider Nation was not happy that I tweeted that out. And so... I mean, it's just, it is what it is. At some point, just do something. You know what I mean? I mean, and, and Derek Carr being a professional can't take it personal. He knows that it's a tail kicking. He knows that the game is over. If Basaccia or anyone came by him and said, hey, hey, DC, just go ahead and take the rest of the night off, I think he would understand. Is he going to be angry as a competitor? Sure. But I don't think it would have been a big deal. I think it would have been fine. But I get it. It's, it's funny, though, to me. I will say this, and then I'll move on. It's funny to me because people could call all day long, people could tweet and text all day long and say, Derek Carr this, Derek Carr that, Derek Carr this, and I listen to it, and sometimes I'll agree with what they have to say, sometimes I won't. The one minute that I say that he should probably sit it on down for a few minutes, <laughs> you know, is the minute that all of a sudden I'm like the bad guy, <laughs> I'm the spawn of Satan or something, you know, like, like I just cursed the man or something. I've, you know, and then I'm getting, well, you were just praising him a couple weeks ago. Look, I still think he's the right guy for the job. Just think it was a bad situation. It's a bad situation. People get pulled all the time. Someone gave me a great example. Someone tweeted at me that was actually understanding what I was trying to say and said, hey, look, pitchers get pulled all the time. Goalies get pulled all the time. Quarterbacks get pulled all the time. People get pulled all the time in certain situations. It's okay. It's not going to be the end of the world. But, man, oh, man. I thought I said something bad about Beyonce. You know, you can't say nothing bad about Beyonce. The, bee, the, the beehive will come get you. Boy, I was, they, they, they came after me yesterday. But that's okay. I get it. I understand it was a frustrating day for everybody involved. And I'll tell you this. I'll take it a step further. It's a frustrating day for me. <laughs> it's a frustrating day for me, too. I think it's a frustrating day for everybody involved. You know, because the expectations for this team is to be better than what we've seen the last couple weeks. And there's a lot of things going on. I get it. There's a lot of gray clouds flying over, over the facility right now. And it's, it's, a, it's, not, it's not fun for anybody. You know, it's not fun for those guys, that have, what they have to deal with. And I know they got a lot on their plate. And, again, I think of these guys are more than just football players. I think of them as fathers, as husbands, as sons. I, I, I guarantee you that folks are having – you know, their, their, their own situations in their mind and things that they're replaying and, and you know, just because that's human nature. And I'm not trying to give anyone a pass. I'm not trying to give anyone excuses. I'm not trying to say this is the exact reason why. That's why I opened it up to you and asked you, what are your thoughts? But I'll say, there's plenty of times in my life that I was completely out of control of any situation or any kind of outcome, and I still replayed it in my mind like, man, what if there's anything I could have done? I wonder if there's anything I could have done to help out this situation. I mean, that's just human nature. 
is to think about how you could have maybe done something differently. And I'm not saying that guys are thinking about how they could have done something differently while they're in the middle of the football field and, and, and playing the game. I'm not saying that at all. Just, just think that things are a little heavy, you know, and, and just in general with the, uh, with the team right now. But, again, that's just, that's just some of my thoughts. Would love to hear from you. 702-365-9200. Let's start things off. Damon, who do we got up first? Aaron right here in Vegas. Aaron, what's up, my man? What's on your mind? Man, Q, I was at the game last night, lower level, down by the torch in the north end zones. And I'm so disappointed, man. I spent so much money to go do this and have this experience. I'm so disappointed. And I don't even know where to start, you know. I'm, I don't know where to point the finger. I have no clue. But it seems like I go through the same thing every I'm 47 years old. I've been going through the same thing for 47 years, <laughs> you know. When it gets this time of the year, I don't I don't know who to point the finger at. But man, I spent so much money. I'm buying twelve dollar beers, fifteen dollar hamburgers, um, uh, sixty dollars a park outside the stadium, and this is what I get for my money. Right, right. I see why there were so many Kansas City Chiefs fans. It was probably like seventy thirty percent seventy Raiders, thirty percent Kansas City Chiefs fans. If I was a season ticket holder, I see I'd be selling my tickets right now. Because I'm so tired of this, man. This, this, something has to change. It, this is ridiculous. Right, right. I'm tired of it. No, I hear you. I hear you. Good call. Thank you so much. And, you know, that's one of my biggest frustrations. I said that, oh, man, I just, brought, I just knocked over this. <laughs> my man Danny has this. <laughs> Sorry, Danny. Danny has this Raider Nation Radio 920 cup display on the table here. And you can come by and pick up some of these cups if you like. And it actually help us uh, stop me from doing what I just did. Every time I move, because Danny is so creative with this, and it looks great, every time I move, I knock over this. It's like a pyramid. He has a cups. And so right in the middle of talking right there, I touched the table the wrong way, and it all fell. But it was a great pyramid. You did a good job of building it. I just did a better job of breaking it down. My bad. So one of my biggest frustrations, Aaron, back to your call, is for Raider Nation. You know what I mean? Like That's one of my biggest frustrations because really – I see everyone in the parking lot. I hear people calling into the show. I see people on Twitter excited and fired up. And I just want to see Raider Nation get that reward at the end of the tunnel. You know what I mean? Like that, that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. I just want to see Raider Nation rewarded for all their years. Like you said, you're 47. I'm 45. Me and you have seen the same success. None. When the last time they won a Super Bowl, and I'm not trying to bring up old stuff, was 83. I'll tell you right now, I was not very interested in what they had going on in 83. Not going to lie to you. Yeah, I watched sports in 83, but it wasn't like I was invested in it. It wasn't like it was the end-all, be-all. Every Sunday I was locked in on what was going on. Hell, I was locked in on my big wheel or whatever bike I was trying to ride or being Bowen Luke Duke out in the, out in the front yard or punching John. You know what I mean? Like, I was always the ladies' man, though, so I think when I was the Dukes of Hazard, I think I was always Luke. Luke always was the, the was always the ladies' man, and then when I was Chips, uh, I was always Ponch. Ponch was the he was the guy. You like John Baker better? Danny likes John Baker better. Ponch was the dude. Oh, you don't know who Ponch and John is? All right, Danny don't know. You're a new buddy. You're a youngster. He does know Dukes of Hazard, but he doesn't know Ponch and John. Well, I'm gonna have to need you to do your research, man. Look up Chips. That was my show back in the day. One of my shows. But, yeah, that's what I really want, man. I just want, the, I just want the reward for Raider Nation because Raider Nation deserves it. Speaking of Raider Nation and, and very passionate 
fans. How about Passionate Raider? You're up next. What's on your mind, Passionate Raider? Yeah, what's up, man? Yeah, hey, you just blew my mind, man. I didn't realize you was that old. I thought you was young. I thought you was like in your 20s or something, man. <laughs> I just you look good. 40, <laughs> you, said, you said 45. I'm, I'm 41. But, man, hey, I, I'm like dude that just called in, man. I, I ain't even slept but three hours, man. I'm watching the game again right now. Dang. And I'm, I'm telling you, because I got to watch this stuff again and again, and I don't know why I waste my time. I don't know why I waste my money. I bought the Sunday ticket just so I could watch every game. Yeah. And then we had, you know, but, but hey, this, this right here, man, when I'm watching right here, there's Mahomes touchdown 83. Right over to, like, dude, this Raiders team, I'm going to tell you, you asked earlier, what is the problem? What, what, what yep. is it? Yep. I'm, I'm going to tell you what it is. Until the Davises take their hands off the Raiders, this will be the product we get. It starts from the head down. Look, I try to stay so calm when I call, man. I try. But, man, when I start thinking about it and I start talking about it, my blood pressure starts rising, my hands start sweating, because this, this, what we have had to witness, you're 45, I'm 41, that man was 47, there's thousands of us, this is what we're still watching. Right. It don't matter what, it doesn't matter. No team does stuff. Like the Oakland Raiders. I don't even give a damn if it's the Rams, if it's the L.A. Raiders, if it's the Pittsburgh Raiders, if it's the Jersey Raiders. If that franchise has a Davis name tied to it, we are doomed. I I can't think of anything else to blame. I can't think of anything else to look at because Derek Carr is going to be Derek Carr. This is year eight, year four in the same offense. And the throw he made for the interception to the worst Safety in the league picked you off, dude. Go home and sleep on that, homeboy. The worst safety in the league picked you off because you got scared and just chucked it up in the air. Instead of making a play, move around. Get off the field, Derek. I'm telling you, Derek Carr's best bet is to demand a trade. Get the hell out of freaking the Raiders and just run, dude. Run before your life is over with. Because the Raiders are like that little dude on the on the – Charlie Brown show with that cloud. It just follows us everywhere we go, man. Derek, get to get to Cleveland or something, bro. Save your career because it's done. And it's done if you're in that helmet. And I don't even care, dude. I don't, I, I don't even care. I just don't even care no more who the quarterback is. Q, I want to win, man. And what we watch and what we have to keep winning. Dude, that man spent thousands of dollars yesterday. Man, yeah. I be mean, one man thousands. You see yes. that crap, man? Yes. yes, sir. Yes, sir. Very passionate call from Passionate Raider right there. And, hey, man, that's what it's for. It's uh, let it out, you know, woosah. You know, you got to have that moment. And uh, you're torturing yourself watching the game over again. I wouldn't watch that over again if I uh, if you paid me to. Well, maybe if you paid me enough money. But, no, I mean, just seriously, uh, that, one's, that was a rough one to watch. That was a tough pill to swallow. And, you know, I, I always I do wonder because uh, I know that Derek Carr has said multiple times that, hey, you know, I, I only want to play for the Raiders. He reiterated just a couple weeks ago, you know, and he's gone through a lot, man. He's been with this team and he's been through many head coaches, many offenses, you know, lack of playmakers, lack of defense. Things come together. Things don't come together. He's had injuries. I mean, there's been so much. I kind of wonder what goes on in his mind. And that was one of my questions I was asking when I was driving, driving home last night. I always find the best time for me to actually get in my own head is when I'm driving. Because normally I'm driving by myself, and so I can, I can literally talk to myself and, and talk back to myself, and people don't think I'm crazy. 
Because I do do that all the time. I don't have a problem with it, but some people are like, what's wrong with that dude? He's got a problem. But no, I, I just sometimes I try to answer my own questions to see if it even makes sense. And so I do wonder, you know, and, and Derek's not, uh, it's no, you know, someone's going to say, well, go ask him in the next media session. He's not going to answer. He's not going to say, not going to say what's going on in his head. But I do wonder because, again, I mean, the dude has been eight years long, eight years strong now in the NFL and with this team, this franchise that has moved from Oakland to Vegas. And he's seen a lot of different people come and go through that locker room. And, you know, I just, I just wonder sometimes, you know, how, how does he feel? How does he feel? What's going on, you know, in his world? And maybe at some point he'll, he'll let it be known and, you know, we'll, we'll hear something. It won't be until after the season if, at the earliest. But I always wonder. And so when Passionate Raider said for him to demand a trade and go somewhere, I think of Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, who's, who's probably going to do that at the end of this year. There's, there's been players that have done that. Not saying Derek's going to do that, but there's been players. Matt Stafford, he wanted to get the hell out of Detroit. He did. Went to Rams, you know. And the Rams sent him back Jared Goff. They gave him a contract extension and then said, oh, yeah, you know what, you're not the guy. Boom, let's bounce. You know, and so I, there's, there's quarterbacks that have, have made moves. I don't know if Derek would be the guy that wants to. I'm not trying to put words in his mouth. I'm not trying to put doubt in anyone's mind. I'm just wondering, you know, what his thoughts are. Well, we'll find out what Ed Graney's thoughts are from ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station, and Las Vegas Review Journal does a fantastic job. He'll join us next to talk about what he saw, what he thinks is going on with the team, and how they can navigate through the waters as they try to prepare for this upcoming game against the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll do that next. We're at the Oyo Hotel and Casino. The Underground Lounge, Danny, is where we're at. We're going to be here till 5 o'clock for Monday Night Football. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. But it will be more than likely if they do lose this game here. Okay. Hey, fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Can't be fooled again. Is that how it goes? Something like that. <laughs> That's how George Bush said it. That's who you quoted? Yeah. That's who you quoted? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Out of every great quote in, yep. that you could have came up with, you decided to go with the former president. Yep. There's an old saying in Tennessee. I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once. Shame on, shame on you. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. I thought he was going to let that J. Cole ride out. Thought we were going to hear J. Cole drop some bars. Speaking of bars, we're at the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Underground Lounge is the spot. Danny. Your boy Q, got my man Damon Cotton in the home studios. And right now on the phone lines, our guy Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas and the Las Vegas Review Journal. And Ed, we appreciate your time as always, my man. And uh, 41-14, that was the outcome yeah. Sunday night football at Allegiant Stadium. The Chiefs, uh, they gave they gave the, the, the Raiders a whooping, man. They just uh, took them to the woodshed and they gave them the business. So uh, what was it that you saw from the team? What was the, the, the biggest, I guess, turning point? What was the What was the biggest disconnect for the Raiders last night? Man, that's tough because there were so many. Um, you know, I just, for two straight weeks now, they just haven't moved the ball offensively. And it's ironic because, you know, you and I a month ago were talking about how an offensive line was underachieving and they weren't playing well. And now I think they're actually playing well. And they've never really run the ball great this year, but they couldn't run it at all last night. Right. And I just thought that, you know, Derek got into some issues there. When you can't run the ball, even against what has been a really bad Chiefs defense, although I think it's gotten better in the last few weeks, you're just not going to move it very much. So, you know, when you're only possessing it for 25 minutes and, you know, you're one of nine on third down and Patrick Mahomes is being Patrick Mahomes, it's going to be a tough one to, tough one to win. And, and we all knew 
eventually he was going to have that game, like he was going to break out. I think if you're the Raiders, you just hoped it wasn't against you. Right. But it was, and he's Pat Mahomes. And like Quentin Jefferson said earlier in the week, he goes, it doesn't matter how he's played at this point, it's Pat Mahomes. So it was just one of those nights where nothing went right for the Raiders. No, it really didn't. And, you know, you talked about the offensive line. I thought that they did better against the Giants. I thought that they took a Mm -hmm. step back last night against Kansas City. And the one thing about it, Ed, and I asked Rich Passaccia about it earlier today, pre-snap penalties, they keep killing themselves. They keep shooting themselves in the foot. When they even have an opportunity to pick up a fourth and one, all of a sudden, or fourth and two, then they have a a false start and it's fourth and seven and they got a punt. Those pre-snap penalties are really killing this team. They're they're killing them. And, and what, you know, what false starts and neutral zone violations are, it's just not a focusing on the little things. You're just not detailed. Like, right. that's, that's just all about detailed and focused, those kind of, those, you know, a neutral zone on an extra point. I mean, you're, you're just not paying attention, you know, or, or a false start, like you said. I, I think Leatherwood and Parker actually both moved on that play. So you bring Mariota in, obviously you have something scripted, and you can't even run the play. Right. So, you know, that kills you. That part, you know, we were talking to Paul Gutierrez in the press box this morning, and he made a great point. He said, you know, there's going to be a lot of plays talked about he goes, that could have been as critical as any. Because, again, you're still in the game. It's fourth and two. Mariota's in there. You've obviously got something scripted. If you continue that drive, who knows, you score. And maybe things, you know, you know, react a bit differently. But you don't, and you have to punt the ball, and you have to give it back to that guy. And, you know, it just didn't work out. But I agree with you. They're just doing things that don't take anything other than focus. They're not physical errors. You know, you're not getting beat and just kind of hanging on to someone or making, you know, this, uh, you know those kind of mistakes. You, you, these are all like mental, like mental gas, and you can't do that in a game where it appears the Chiefs have it going offensively. Yeah, no doubt about that. We're talking with Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas and the Las Vegas Review Journal here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. And uh, one more question offensively. I wanted to ask you about Darren Waller. He had a, a monster amount of targets week one against Baltimore. 19 targets, 10 catches. Just had an unbelievable day. Ever since then, and I know defenses are going to focus in on him, he has not had games like that. What do you think is the biggest Man. issue for Darren Waller, why he's not being involved as much as I think that he should be? I mean, that's a, that's a $20 million question. We were talking about that today. Uh, you know, the specific answer, I don't know, but you're right. They've got to get him more involved. And, again, now, you know, they've tried to add some speed with Deshaun Jackson. You know, Ruggs is out, so maybe you take away a threat there. And you know you're not going to get beat over the top, you know, maybe with Deshaun in, in a few weeks now when he kind of, you know, acclimates himself. But without rugs, the speed factor there. So maybe you can pay more attention to Darren Waller because you're not as concerned about on the outside. But, Q, you're exactly right. You, they have to get him going. I mean, they, they've got to get him going. It's weird because he hasn't done much in the recent weeks, and I still think he's their leading receiver by numbers, which is very strange. Right. Um, but that's because he was targeted so much early. But if Darren Waller is going to have games like last night and the last few weeks, it's going to be really hard for them, for them to move the ball because they just don't run the ball consistently enough. And, you know, Hunter can be Hunter underneath. And, you know, I think Zay had a catch last night. Brian Edwards actually broke out a little last night. But you have to get Darren Waller more involved. You're exactly right. Yeah, and that's just what it feels like that, you know, superstars got to be superstars. And, and you know, yeah. everyone knows, okay, the superstar is going to get the ball or at least get targeted, but you still got to find a way to – you just got to do it. I mean, you just can't say, well, they're double covering him or they're bracketing him or they're taking him away. At some point, he can't be taken away, Ed. Right. No, you're exactly right. And I don't know what they do to get him going, but they've, they've got to figure something out because, again, five and four, you know, since he – I've never seen a more critical game against the Cincinnati Bengals than it right. is this week. I right. mean, you know, <laughs> if this is going to be the Chiefs and they're going to get their stuff in order and their house in order and be going forward like this, 
there's not a lot of margin for error. Now, again, the Chiefs, you know the NFL as well as anyone. I mean, the Chiefs could go home and lose to the Cowboys this week. I mean, who knows? I mean, you see scores every week where you kind of blink and say what happened there. But if the Chiefs are riding themselves, there's not a lot of margin for error. And to get that ball moving on the offensive side is Darren Waller has to be involved more some way. Maybe, I don't like forcing things, but it's come to a matter of you have to force some things to get him more involved. Right, exactly, and that's just what you've got to do. And, Ed, I'm with you, man. I'm not the guy that ever says uh, a game in mid-November uh, when you're not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs right. is a must-win, but this one feels like a must-win. It, it does, and, you know, I know they're going to be reminded about what's happened. I, that's fair and unfair. Um, two years ago, 6-4, and four, lose five of the last six. Last year, 6-3, finish 8-8. Eight and eight. I agree with Derek Carr. I think they're better and more talented this year. Now, Right. I also believe they're human, and they read, and they listen, and they know what happened last year. So, you know, I, I can't believe that's not at least creeping into their minds a little, how much it involves preparation and how much it involves when the game kicks off on Sunday. It's like you and I talked last week, you know, when the game kicks off, this whole off-the-field stuff, which they've had a lot of, that just I just don't believe that plays in players' minds. I mean, it's just too hard a game. They're just focusing on the next play. Um, but when it does affect you is Wednesday and Thursday, the two main preparation days. Right. And, you know, they're going to be asked about that. They were asked about it after the game. They're going to be asked. They're going to continue to be asked about it. Hey, is this another midseason slump? Are you gonna, is this going to happen again? And it kind of plays in your mind a little. So I agree with you. It's, there's nothing, you know, like a must win when you're only half game out of first place. But the, I think the reason you and I both think it is is how they've looked the last two weeks. Had they lost to the Giants in a shootout, had they lost to the Chiefs in a shootout, and they were really good, but, you know, they just lost games, then you're like, okay, you know, you can still see them, you know, riding the ship a little. The way they've lost right. is why I think you and I believe that this Sunday, I don't know if it's a must win, but they need to win. Right. It's about as close to a must win as possible without necessarily saying right. must right. win, but it's exactly. it's really stinking close. Again, we're talking with Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas and the Las Vegas Review Journal, and uh, we haven't talked about any off-the-field stuff, and, and last Friday is when we found out that John Gruden indeed was going to sue the NFL. That kind of rolled out in the midday. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, and what do you think really, my, my biggest question is, what do you think the end goal is? What is the target for Gruden in this? It's not money. What do you think he really no. is trying to achieve with this lawsuit? I think John Gruden wants it made public, or at least to him personally, who leaked the emails. I think ultimately it comes down. He wants to know exactly who leaked the emails, why they were leaked at the time they were. Now, he's going to struggle a little in the lawsuit for this reason. If, if I'm the attorneys for the NFL, or if I'm the attorneys for you know um, Mark Davis, who, or whoever might be involved in this, mm-hmm. I'm not letting my guys talk. Because John, the burden of proof is on John Gruden that these emails you know, basically ruined his career and, you know, it forced him to resign his career in the middle of a season. Um, he's not going to get away with what he said in the emails. That, that's out, that's public. So his character and all that to be judged is going to be judged the same way. Right. I think he's going to find it difficult. I, you know, I think there's a chance he gets something out of it. I know this morning the guys disagreed with me, but they made a lot of good points in that. If I'm Roger Goodell... I'm, I'm not saying anything to anybody. I'm like, you know, you, you, the burden of proof is on John Gruden that the NFL leaked the emails, that someone in that office leaked them. I don't know why if I'm an attorney from the NFL I would have my guy speak. You know, even in, if it's a civil suit, you can say we're not talking. I mean, right. you know, now you can be put under deposition, obviously, and you can be deposed, but, you know, you're going to have to have someone in that office admit to leaking those emails, and I say good luck to you. I, I just, I, you know, you're going to have to have someone turn on somebody that says, yeah, we leaked the emails, this is why. But I think that's what John, you know, look, John Gruden, I mean, they're asking for a lot of money in the lawsuit. That is what it is. I mean, you know, punitive damage and all that. Who knows right. if that could be even one. 
I think John Gruden desperately wants it made public that the NFL were the ones who, in his mind, ruined his career by leaking the emails. And I think that's, that's a tough road to hoe. That's a great breakdown right there, Ed. Really good breakdown. I like how you brought that and delivered it. It made it make sense to someone like me who's not the smartest dude in the world. So, uh, yeah, good, good stuff right there. I, I definitely the guy, appreciate you. The guy you. who explained it's not very smart either, so we're in the same place. <laughs> <laughs> right? Absolutely. Well, I'll say this. Before we let you go, I did want to ask you about UNLV. I know DeMond's oh, yeah. in the studio. He's got to be pretty pumped up. Yeah. Marcus Arroyo's on a two-game winning streak. I mean, what have you seen from the, the Rebels so far wow. as, they're, as they're doing what they do? And, and, hey, they got two wins under their belt. They got two wins, and here comes number 23, San Diego State, 9-1. and one. Yep. Uh, DeMond and I are going to go after this week. It's my alma mater against his. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to give him a hot take, and he's going to be surprised. I think the Rebels are live this week. The, the, San Diego State is 9-1, and one, and they're really, really good defensively. They don't blow people out, though. They win like 23-17. They beat Reno last week, 23-21. They kind of just do enough to win, but they're really hard to score against. But the way, uh, the way the Chuck Wagon's playing right now, and I'm really, really happy for him. And I hope, I hope people show up this week for that kid's final home game. I really do. I mean, I hope people show up and, and really give that kid a loud ovation for his final home game as a Rebel. He deserves that. I think UNLB's live this week. I think it's 10 right now. But, you know, if you can get a few touchdowns, San Diego State, it's a, it's, a, it's a team that really struggles playing from behind. They usually will get out, and then they'll just dare you to score. So I, DeMond will be a little surprised, but I think his team's live this week. I don't know if they can completely get it done, but I, I've got a feeling this is going to be really close this week. All right, Ed Graney saying UNLV <laughs> with the upset win. I'll put your name on it. I, I, I think I just said they were live. Right, right. I definitely didn't hear an upset win, but okay. <laughs> That's how rumors start. That's how rumors start, Ed. Yes, so. exactly. I know. I know. <laughs> Damon, you got anything else for Ed? Uh, I mean, Ed, is this the dawn of a new era? Is Marcus Arroyo, is it looking oh. up? The seat's cooled off, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we'll see in the next two weeks. Is it's gonna be, I think it's really hard to go to Air Force and win. It's how Air Force plays. Mm-hmm. You're in altitude, and it'll be the last game of the year. and that, That's a tough win. But I think they've gotten some confidence. I'll tell you what, Damon, and we said at the beginning of the year when they weren't winning games, like, they're better defensively. Like, I've watched this team yeah. for a lot of years where they just couldn't stop me. I and mean, They couldn't stop anybody. They're better defensively. So if they can roll that over in the next year and finally settle on a quarterback, they're going to have to obviously replace the running back. He's a hard guy to replace. But there's some things there in the last few weeks. And it doesn't, you know, you play who you play. People are saying, well, they're bad teams. You know what? They're the teams on the schedule, so you play them. Right. Um, I think there's some things there that maybe next year he can roll into and, and, and feel good about themselves. Right. I agree. I agree. And I, I like some of the guys that they've been recruiting, getting verbal commits from yep. now. they got to seal the deal on it, you know, come signing day. But yeah. uh, they've got some good verbal commits. So, yeah, I think uh, I think the turn, the corner could be turning just a little bit. It's not, you know, a quick turn, but it could be turning just a little bit. Well, Ed, great stuff as always, my man. Uh, what do you guys got coming up uh, on the Review Journal and then also uh, on the Press Box you guys got coming yeah, up? Yeah, I was out at the Golden Knights today, so I'm going to get back into a little Golden Knights. They play um, – nice. They play Carolina tomorrow night, a really, really good team, so we'll see how they respond to that. And then Press Box tomorrow, we're going to have Ben Go to the Review Journal, and we're going to have an NFL guest. And also John Sassenti is going to be on there. We're going to talk about the Las Vegas Bowl. Nice, nice. That's going to be a lot of fun as well, yeah. and I'm sure he'll break down the, the, uh, the, the college football playoff ranking shows and all oh, that yeah. good stuff as well. Well, Ed, uh, thank you as always, man. We always appreciate your time. Your breakdowns are fantastic, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Take care of yourselves. Absolutely. Ed Brady. ESPN Las Vegas and also the Las Vegas Review Journal does a fantastic job. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Ed Graney. You get everything, including some Vegas Golden Knights. And yeah, we're 
Golden Knights are playing, too. They're doing their thing. I remember I went out, um, was it Saturday night? Yeah, went out Saturday night, uh, hung out for a little while, and then went out to a, a, a restaurant and had some burgers and stuff. And, and uh, the Golden Knights were wrapping up their game that they had on Saturday night. That was a lot wow, of Wow, I was saw you on Saturday, one. and then you invite me for burgers. I didn't know that I was going to go. Wow. The, the family told me when we got in the car that they were hungry. So when the family says what they – matter of fact, you hadn't even left the establishment. You were still hanging out. You were being a celebrity. I was, I was staying humble. Oh, yeah, I was living it up Saturday. Rock yeah, exactly. Barn, Come on I, out this Saturday again, guys. Well, you know what? We're going to be partying. Uh, Lucille's <laughs> having a birthday party this uh, Saturday night. So we'll be at the Rockstar again Saturday night, and, and Lucille, OG Lucille, will be celebrating her birthday. So we definitely encourage everyone to come on out and have a good time. So And DeMond will be uh, every bit of a uh, celebrity like he always is, walking around with his, his hat on backwards and showing off pictures of uh, him flexing in the mirror and everything. I mean, DeMond, he gets in a different zone, man. He starts telling everyone how, how oh, yeah. the flexing swole, pictures were a big hit. His, his muscles are and everything. He had uh, people feeling on his biceps. I mean, DeMond's just a different dude in, in, in public, man. He's, he's, a, he's an animal. Posing in the studio right now. You can't see me. Yeah, I, I don't doubt it, though. I'm, I'm sure you are. Just keep your clothes on. You know, <laughs> I don't want Bobby to walk by or, better yet, I don't want Danielle to walk by or someone to be like, what in the hell's going on in there? So, yeah, you just try to remain uh, low tones in there, okay? And we'll be okay. We'll be okay. But uh, many thanks to Ed Granny for joining us there. Uh, still want to hear from you, Raider Nation. I know we got some calls lined up. I know Mitch in New Jersey, Matt in Hoboken, and, uh, and we also have a call from Sherman, Texas. I think it's Brett and Sherman. We got that uh, all on the way, plus your text as well. It's 245. We'll come on back. We are at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 2.50 is the time. Just got a few minutes left in hour number one of the show as we're here at the Underground Lounge, and I got a lot of prizes for you. I really do encourage you to come by. We just talked to Ed Graney, and we talked about heading out for uh, the chuck wagon from uh, UNLV, uh, Charles Williams, his, his last home game. We're, uh, we're very excited about his last home game because he's a, he's a hell of a player, and he's fun to watch, and he's an all-time leading rusher uh, at UNLV, you know, and it's just he's a good dude on and off the, the field. So he's one of those guys that's very easy to root for. And he said, I hope a lot of people come out to see the game, UNLV and San Diego State. Well, lucky for you, I have plenty of tickets. I have packs. I got four packs. I have five packs of four-pack of tickets. If that makes sense, I have five packs of tickets with four tickets in each of them for the game. So that's 20 tickets. 20, twin, twin. Look, Danny's like, let me redo that math on there to make sure that you're right. But, yeah, there's five, four packs of tickets. So I got 20 tickets for you. So all you need to do is come on out here, hang out, and say what's up, and you'll get hooked up just like that. Here comes my man right now. Look, boom, just like that. How quick was that? What's up, boss? Boom. Look at that. I got a four-pack right there. UNLV San Diego State this Sunday. Or Saturday, excuse me, at Legion Stadium. Friday. Friday, just kidding. I, I, no, I did. <laughs> I literally thought it was Saturday. I'm glad it's Friday, though, because I can go to it now. Hey, man, look, haircuts are important, dog. <laughs> Q. Yeah, what's up? What's your name? Everybody calls me Q. Oh, do they? Oh, that's why you're my homeboy, see? Yeah, good deal. Q, Q recognizes Q. Yeah, we're live on the radio right now. We're just having a private conversation. <laughs> He's going to go ahead and talk to Danny. While he talks to Danny, I'm going to go out to Henderson and talk to our guy, Sean. What's on your mind, Sean? Hey, man, I'm pretty sad about last night. But yeah, I, I understand. Say, the, 
the team just didn't have a lot of energy. I was, I was at the game, and the body language was bad. It, it looked like they quit. Very disappointed. I really feel like UNLV and the Raiders may win the same amount of games closing out the season. Ooh. So doesn't look good. But one more thing on Derek Carr. Derek Carr is a fantastic human being. Yep. We can all agree on that. Yep. He's a very good player. But the last two weeks are very on-brand. We just need him to do more. We gave him all that support in New York, and he fails on six uh, drives in the red zone. But this week, the defense can't help him out, and he can't do anything, and then look at the score. I just, I, I think he's a great guy. I don't know where it's going. If we fade and tank the rest of the season, what do we do? I think we've got to turn him loose and let him try and win somewhere else because I just don't know that we have ever given him the support he needs to win. And uh, he deserves better. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thank, thank you for the call. I do appreciate you. And, yeah, uh, I agree. I, I think Derek Carr is a, a great guy, and I think he's a hell of a quarterback, and I think he's done a hell of a job for the Raiders. I just think that the last, you know, game, especially last night's game, I mean, he just – there were certain moments in that game where I, I felt like I could see frustrations from him. And I get it. I understand why he'd be frustrated. You know, for everything that you mentioned, he was in the red zone in, in, in New York multiple times and couldn't cash in. Uh, he, he couldn't, you know, his defense didn't do anything for him. They gave up over 500 total yards last night. You know, gave up five touchdown passes to Patrick Mahomes. And it just, I mean, it looked like if they had had five more minutes, they would have scored two more times. I mean, it just, it was, it was bad. So I understand why. He would, you know, be frustrated, and that's what it just felt like to me as far as what I was watching. Um, so we'll, we'll see what, what happens moving forward. Uh, he's going to always say the right things, and he's going to always continue to try to lead, and I think that this team needs leadership more than anything this year for everything that they've been through. I don't have to rehash what it's all been, but I think that they need that leadership that they get in him. So thank you for the call. I do appreciate you. I uh, got a text from uh, the 209. Derek should have asked Pat Mahomes for his State Farm discount because our O-line couldn't protect our car for anything yesterday. I'll call later in the show and chime in. Uh, that's from the 209. That's the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, how about Sir Whiskey Ray? He said, Q, it took Elway 15 years to finally win a Super Bowl. I'm still on board with Carr. Cheers, Sir Whiskey Ray. And I'm not, not on board with him. I've ne- never, and I, I know that's not what you're trying to say, but I just want to clarify for anyone who might just be tuning in, I'm not, not on board with him. I'm just saying there was a point in last night's game after a few frustration throws, I thought it was better just to go ahead and sit him down, protect him, and let Marcus Mariota get a little bit of burn to, just, to, just to kill the rest of the clock. But that was, that was just me. Matter of fact, let's hit one more text, and then I'll get out to the Red Nation listener line real quick. Rob in Oakland said, Q, I agree with you about Derek. I thought he was a bit frustrated in the game against the New York Giants, and again last night. Throughout his career, he's worked hard to not throw interceptions to the point that some nicknamed him Captain Checkdown. Now he's throwing the ball around like he doesn't care. I think the season's events really affected him, and he's emotionally tapped out. That's from Rob in Oakland, and I can't disagree with that. that and that is exactly why. I'm glad you said that, Rob. That's exactly why I said those throws that he made just look so off-brand for Derek Carr because he never just throws it up there. There's other guys that you would, say, you would expect, okay, they're just going to huck it up there and hope that something's going to happen. And – He's not that guy. And, I, and, and, and you can respect him or you can not like him for that, but that's who he is. And so when he threw those last night, to me, it was a big, like a big billboard, a big light flashing, like, hold up, something ain't right. So, Rob, thank you for that text, and that's exactly what I was thinking. Let's hustle out real quick to Mitch in New Jersey. What's on your mind, my man? Is Mitch not there? No. All right. Do we have time to go to Matt? Let's do it. All right, Matt in Hoboken, you're up next. What's on your mind, my man? 
Guys, I got. Uh, I want to give you my take as to what we're witnessing right now in the middle of this season and what I think is going on. Okay. And uh, you're probably not going to agree with with my opinion on this. That's maybe okay. you will. I don't know. That's okay. You maybe you will. But I, I think that this season ended the minute we lost John Gruden. Okay. And I and I and I think that because he was John Gruden was the architect of 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 this team. Right, he, and this project is not completed yet. And when the architect of the project that's not completed yet is gone before the project is completed, a lot of the times the project will will fold. A lot of the times the projects will will collapse. He was also the su- the supreme commander of all things football in the Raiders facility. It wasn't Mark Davis. It wasn't Mike Mayak. John Gruden was the football man in that building. And when he gets taken away midway through the season, especially. At any time, if he would have gotten taken away, it would have been detrimental. But midway through the season, it's a catastrophe. I do not think this team is making the playoffs. Okay, okay. I wish they would, but I do not see any indication to me that this team is capable of making the playoffs. And you're going to you're starting to see now what not having John Gruden as the coach of this team is resulting in. Rich Bisaccia, um Well, let me go back. Andy Reid versus John Gruden in a, in a football game is a chess match. Rich Passaccia versus Andy Reid in a football game is a mismatch. It just is. It's just a mismatch. You need a big dog coach in order to win these big dog kinds of games. And I'll close with this today. I'll close with this. I'm really starting to two things that are really bothering me. Okay. Okay. And I know. And I know it's a lot of people like this. The jersey trading after the game. I saw a picture on the Raiders Instagram. Yeah. Today of. of Kelsey giving his jersey to Waller, and Waller giving his jersey to Kelsey. If I was Waller, I would rip that jersey up and throw it on the ground. You just got you just got your manhood taken by this guy for in for two hours, and you're gonna get take his jersey, hang it up in your house, and look at it and be reminded of this. I would have threw that jersey on the floor. Okay. What's the second one? Of looking at in Allegiant Stadium and seeing a, a high percentage of fans. From the other team, I saw a sea of red yesterday. I know probably majority Raider fans were there, but there was too many Chiefs fans there. There was too much red there. That's a disgrace. I know we're a destination team. It's Las Vegas, this and that, but it's that, that's that's an outright disgrace, and I'm and, and and it's just disappointing, man. It's very disappointing. All right, thank you for your call, Matt. I do appreciate you. And look, the time is two fifty-eight, so I don't have time to respond to your uh, your call, but I will on the another side. And we have other callers as well, but I want to address what Matt had to say because I think he had a lot of really good points and I definitely want to talk about them. So we'll do that next when we come back. Underground Lounge is the spot that we're at right now. Oyo Hotel and Casino. We're going until 5 o'clock, baby! That's right. That's how we get down. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.